0: The
1: fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction good morning everyone good morning good morning good morning on this beautiful saturday morning it is nice and sunny this morning i am your wake up sunshine wake up wake up wake up my friends (laughs) I hope that you have awakened, you know, excited with energy. I know that ever since we just did the daylight savings time, uh, that uh, I feel now that time is going faster for some reason, (laughs) but I'm hoping that um, you're adjusting to it, seeing that we have more light at the end of the day and um, finding yourself that you can do a little bit more. Right. Because I I think for myself personally, when I get up in the morning and when it starts to get dark earlier, I just don't do much. I mean, I'm still working, but I'm not doing as much as I would if there was more daylight. Right. So, uh, guys, we're going to be diving into Proverbs 20 today. And uh, I hope that you're ready to um, do what we do every Saturday, which um, energizes us, gives us hope and a future with God's Word, and most of all, that um, it gives us the instruction and the wisdom that we need for everyday life. So this is, we're going to be picking it up from verse 9. I'm going to go a couple of verses, like to verse 13. we are going to discuss a couple of things, okay? So here we go. This is what Proverbs 20 says, starting in verse 9. And it says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean and I am pure from sin. Diverse weights and diverse measures are both alike an abomination to the Lord. Even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Do not love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that every time that we read your word, you give us a new perspective you give us a new understanding and most of all your word gives us love it encourages us and it guides us to how we should be handling everyday life so we thank you for your word in jesus name amen father um thank you so much lord for this word my friends look you know we've been going down the road with proverbs, instructions, right? God giving us the specific instructions of what we should be doing and not doing, the instructions of how to handle heavy situations, heavy, deep conversations, heavy, deep thoughts, and heavy, deep actions in our lives. He's given, given us so many detailed instructions of what to do in certain circumstances. That if you find yourself in a situation, how do you handle it? How's your attitude, right? How do you rely on God for, God for it? So the very first thing that we hear here is that it says, who can say, I have made my heart clear and I am pure from my sin. How many of us can truly answer that question today and say, that you have made your heart clean. And let's start there. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? Because here's the thing, many of us are going around right right now with a heart that's destroyed, wounded, it's not pumping correctly, it's not healthy, it has a whole bunch of feelings caught up in the heart that might have you out of focus, that might have you on the wrong track, and that might just have you making choices in your life that are not really good for you or others. Many times we have our heart filled with unforgiveness. We have our heart filled with unforgiveness in areas of our lives that we have not asked for forgiveness with with the situation and we haven't allowed ourselves to forgive in the situation. So an example would be that you maybe um, had a falling out with a family member, a friend, could even be a co-worker. You had a situation where you both got into a very heated conversation. subject at hand you both had your own opinions about it and the conversation got so heated and so deep that then you started to bring out other things in the conversation that had nothing to do with the subject matter so an example would be like I'm having an argument with someone because I disagree at work how we're dealing with a client, you know, and I feel that that client is being taken advantage of and, um, and this, I'm going to share a true story with you. So when I first started out in the real estate, um, the industry, cause I used to be a real estate agent for a long time. When I first started out, I was, I just started working. I was fresh new and, um, my mindset had always been on be doing ethical things. And I remember one day I was speaking with my boss, who's also my coworker, because he was also a real estate agent. So he was, you know, we work together and then we also have separate clients and things of that nature. And I remember we were having this conversation because I had a client. It was like my very, uh, my first or second client that I had just acquired as a real estate agent. And there was specific protocols in place in the office of how we handle new clients that came through the door, how much money they were charged for certain applications when they wanted to apply for a mortgage because we also had a, 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 a in-house mortgage company, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, my client has already gone through all the motions with the application, getting everything in place. He had already cut a check um, about. Um, that had that he needed as a deposit so he had already cut that that was a small fee that that company charged at the time to service him and we go through the whole process for him to get his um you know home that he's purchasing and next thing i know uh, i'm reviewing the day of settlement the days closing on this house to get his keys to his new home i'm looking over some of the paperwork And I noticed that in the paperwork, they were recharging him the same fee that they had already charged prior in the beginning, like 30 to 60 days prior, and he had already paid that. So I remember I went up to my boss and I was like, hey, hey boss, you know, I'm noticing that on this paper, there is a charge on here that my client already paid for a long time ago. We already even have the cancel check. Why is he being recharged this fee? Well, my boss, you know, he looked at me with that look like, I can't believe you pinpointed this. I can't believe you figured this out. I can't believe you spotted this, you know? And at the time, you know, it's my job to do that, right? It's my job to review things. Anyway, we got into into this, it was not an argument, but it was a discussion about the fact that he felt that he had the right to recharge that same fee um, but it was just being named the same thing, but it really was for something else. So I came out and I was still new at real estate, at the, in, in dealing with real estate. And I was like, well, if you are going to say that that's a same fee as the first fee you already paid for, then you need to, and it's for something else, then we need to see that on the paper. You need to reference what it is for. And not say it's for the... Because it was referencing the same thing from before. And he looked at me. He said, you know what, Antonia? That's what I like about you. You're always digging deep into things. You know, you're always, like, figuring things out. (laughs) And I came out and I was like, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to be doing? And then we got a little bit more, like into a deeper conversation, if you know what I mean. Because then he started to point fingers and say, I guess that's just your personality. I guess you're just the type of person that no one can pass anything by. I guess you're just the person who's always gonna figure it out. And although that is all true, it was also very directional to me in the sense of he's speaking about my personality and how I handle myself and how I might be problematic to his way of thinking because he wants to make more money. (laughs) So it's just an example. Well, I know that for the next couple of days after that transaction, I felt a little bothered by it. And I literally, you know, started to feel in my heart like, You know, I might not be able to trust my boss. I might not be able to, like, trust my colleague, you know, like, and I shouldn't have to have to worry about not trusting my colleagues. So I then had to go deep and be like, you know what? I really need to just forgive my boss for making this mistake. Um, I know I was doing my job right. They took that fee off because even the title clerk was like, this fee's not supposed to be on here. You know, there's already a record he paid for it. Which meant he was, my boss was just getting like a less $500 or whatever. But I had to forgive that situation because I knew I was doing the right thing. And then I still had to regain trust again with my boss. Like I couldn't go around like accusing him like he was a thief or he was trying to suck at people or that he was trying to, Um, just, you know, make more money whichever way he could. I really had to forgive that situation. So I knew in my heart at that time, you know, I got to look at it like, you know, my boss made a mistake, whether it was intentional or unintentional. And I still have to always, you know, review all the paperwork like I'm supposed to, but I still need to trust him because he's my boss. And he's my colleague and we got to move on. And the only way I can move on to more transactions with my colleague, with my colleague, as my boss, is forgiving that situation and moving forward. So I just gave you an example when it comes to work. But I'm sure there's many examples out there that you can apply to your home, to your livelihood, to your family, right? And it says, and I am pure from sin. Because the reality is, my friend, is that no one is without sin. We all have some type of sin inside of us, right? And the thing is that as soon as we confess our sins and we repent from our sins, sinful thoughts and actions begin with, will creep back into our lives if we don't cleanse ourselves in our hearts and in our sins and in the way we think. Because for me at the time, I felt my boss was committing a sin, <laughs> right? I felt my boss was like, how could my boss be so heartless and want to try to charge my client money again, like for this situation? Um, and, you know, with time, I did see like that my boss was like, you know, he may have been caught up in the moment of that situation and he may have been having greed, at the time when it came to money, but I did see that my boss genuinely then was trying to really just do the right thing, you know. Because I do know that in in moments of time, people can make some mistakes uh, based on their circumstances in their lives, and I then realized that that was the case at the time with my with my boss, right? He, they had ex- extensive amount of debt they were dealing with in the area of their office and things of that nature and they just were trying to get as much money as possible. And they just weren't thinking wisely. They just figured that no one would have noticed it, right? But here's the thing. Um, We all need ongoing cleansing from moment to moment and thank God that God forgives. He provides forgiveness by his mercy when we ask for it. So my friends, do you have a clean heart and are you pure from sin? Can you honestly answer that question truthfully for yourself? And then, in, in doing so, if you know you have some sin in your heart, you have some sin in your life, and just confess it over to God. And just talk to Him about what you've done or how you want to get back on track. And rely on Him moment to moment to cleanse your heart to help you with the situation. Okay? So now, my friends, let's keep moving along. And it says here, diverse weights and diverse measures, they are both alike an abomination to the Lord. You know, how many of us can truthfully say that when we are upset about something, that... When we are finding ourselves that we're not happy with the situations that we're in, we feel things could have been done differently in our lives. And we feel that we have to jump in and take measures into our own hands. We just create more chaoticness, more craziness. We just create more problems and sometimes we don't we don't understand that we don't understand that what we do on our own without god's guidance or the things that and the actions we make because we feel it should things should be done a certain way or we should be going down a certain road a certain way we're making up we're making our own plans we're not going according to god's plans God doesn't want you to take things into your own hands. He doesn't want you to, um, to you know, to weigh things out according to how you think the things of the world are. And then taking diverse measures into your own hand. Well, I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do that. You know, and it's gonna be my way. No, God doesn't want that. That's an abomination. God's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you following my lead? I never told you to make those choices. I never told you to, to make that decision based on the circumstance you're currently facing. Why are you taking matters into your own hands? Let me handle this for you. Because the battle is mine. The Lord, it says the battle of the Lord it's not yours. Right? So don't do things that take you out of God's path of where he wants you to be. Because you're not trusting him in every area of your life. Because he's the one who's going to make sure that whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're facing, whatever your challenges are, he's the one that's going to help you with that situation. So I would say to you today that next time you're going through a big struggle in your life, you feel like, you know, everything's coming against you, you're pressed against the wall, you have nowhere to turn, just turn to God and he will help you figure out step by step the situation at hand and how to handle it and what actions to take or not take okay and then it says here even a child is known by his deeds whether what he does what whether what he does is pure and right you know <laughs> remember when jesus when the, the children were trying to come to jesus and the disciples were like put those kids to the side they're like distracting Jesus they want to bother him and Jesus is always like no 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 man let the children come to me because unless you have a childlike manner like this a mindset you know a vulnerability a freedom this is what you need to get into the kingdom of heaven this is what you need for salvation this is what you need to accept Christ right and when we think about children and how innocent they are, and when we're seeing them as they're growing up, you know, and their exploratory stages, right? They first start to roll over, they first start to crawl, they then they go to walk, then they're trying to touch everything, eat everything, right? They are going through stages, they start growing up. And then they're walking and having fun and enjoying life. And, you know, you as a parent, you know, uh, are behind them the whole time because you want to make sure that they're safe and they're not getting their hands into something that might hurt them or eat something that might destroy their bodies. as much as that is a paranoia for, for a parent, that is also a joy because they're seeing their child grow up and they're seeing the good deeds that the, the child does as they continue to grow, especially if they're living a moral life, if they are doing the right thing, um, if they're upholding righteousness accordingly to how God wants them to to, to be. And it will be pure and right. Because when we look at children and the things that they do, it's also because even if they did the wrong thing, so even if you say to a child, whatever you do, don't touch the handle, of the hot pot, because you're going to get burned. It's gonna be very hot. And they still go and they do it. It's a reactionary moment that they know that even though you told them and they went and they did it anyway, They're going to realize that, yes, they never should have touched that. And then they'll never do it again. So even when they did it, it was still pure and right. And then, you know, a child, when they're doing sweet things, you know, like when they come and say, look, Mommy, I helped you wash, you know, the floor. And they actually took the Crayola crayon. And what they did was they put it all over the floor, and now you've got cray- crayon color on your floor. You know, they were trying to do a good tea because they saw what you were doing. They saw you're always wiping down the counter. Maybe you're doing it with, you know, the sponge or whatever. And maybe you're spraying it with, you know, with Windex or something. And they thought that cray- crayon was the same thing. Listen. Every child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. Because at the end of the day, we're going to have children that grow up and children who will love us back, children who will hug us, and children who will always be by our side, no matter what. Now, some of you are probably listening to me and say, well, Anthony, that's not my story, You know, I'm having issues with my kids and, you know, the deeds they have been doing, then it's not pure and right, you know. Well, my my advice to you, my recommendation would be continue to pray for that child. Continue to pray for the child because what it says right here, even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. So somewhere along the line, even though he might be, you might see him, that he's messed up with you, he might be good in another area that you're not seeing. So continue to pray for that unification between parent and child again so that you can uh, see the good deeds that they are doing. And it says here, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. Listen, you and I both got up today, my friends, and we were able to open our eyes and we were able to see Because God created us with eyes to be able to see, to see this world, to see things, to see how life is. And he gave us eyes so that we will be aware of what we're seeing. And we have free will with our eyes, right? That God gave us. We have the will to look at certain things and anything we want. We need to protect our eyes as well. Right? We need to protect our temple. Our temple, when we talk about temple, we're talking about our body. We're talking about every area of our bodies. And that includes our eyes. What are we watching? What are we seeing? Because God made them for us to have it as a resource to be able to see things. But we also have to be very careful about what we're seeing. Right? And then when it talks about the hearing ear, absolutely. You and I both got up today. We heard that alarm go off. We heard a car driving by. We heard a bird chirping today. We heard, you know, maybe our neighbor talking. We maybe heard a dog barking this morning, which is what I normally hear when I wake up here because we have a lot of people who have dogs in this neighborhood. But I'm grateful to my heavenly Father that I can actually hear. And and, and I got to tell you that hearing my heavenly Father every day with My ears that he has given me is beautiful because I get to hear God's voice, right? We get to hear everything around us. We get to hear what people are saying to us. And we most get to hear what God is saying to us. And we get to hear it and see it with what God is showing us will show it to us in in the spirit, right? As Christians, we are always tapping into God. Let me see things in the spirit. Let me hear your voice, right? We're constantly saying that because we want to see the right thing. Even though we might be seeing something in the natural, we want to see it in the spirit so God can explain it to us in the spirit. And then we know how to deal with it in the natural. And the same thing with hearing, You know, we want to say to to ourselves, you know, I hear that this person might be cursing at me. I hear that this person uh, is saying these bad words or negative words to me. But Lord, what I hear is I'm a child of God because your word says it. What I hear is I am wonderfully made, right? I am made in your image. That's what I hear. So sometimes, my friends... We take for granted the beautiful things that God has given us, including our eyes and our ears. So don't take that lightly. There are many people that are blind who would love to see. There are many people who are deaf who would love to hear. We have to say to ourselves, Lord, you have made both my eyes and my ears, my eyes so I can see the beauty of life, And my and you made my ears so I could hear your beautiful voice, right? And then it says here, do not sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. We've spoken about this a little bit in the past. We've spoken about the fact that the person who just sleeps all day, lacks, doesn't move, is not a shaker doesn't do what they have to do, doesn't get up and at least try to, you know, thrive through life and, and get things done for themselves or for their family. Who knows? Um, it can give you consequences because then you'll lack in certain areas. Now, we've spoken about lack in the past, and I've spoken to you and said that when you have Christ in your life, even if you're lacking something in the natural world, In the spirit, you're consuming knowing you have such an abundance (laughs) that you don't feel that lack. That lack doesn't destroy you. That lack does not sway you one way or the other. That lack um, does not have you um, making irrational decisions. If anything, God gives us a resolution. He provides resources and provision for us to be able to not lack right and he'll he will supply all our needs but it says do not sleep you know lest you come to poverty what does that mean don't be lazy don't give up do not stay discouraged my friends take the dust off your shoulders get up i've said it before we're in a pandemic yeah And for those of you that are still breathing, walking, and talking, you still have an opportunity, man. Get up and do something, right? I know for many of you, you're not able to work. I get that. I know for many of you, you're finding yourself that, you know, we're running out of time. I get that. But at the same time, for many of us, we just have to get up. Get up. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. Okay? Get dressed. Sit down, grab your book, grab your Bible, dive into the Word of God. Get inspired. Get inspired, my friends. Get the Word embedded into your heart. And then God will creatively show you what you need to do to stay busy, but in a good, busy way, right? So that you can open your eyes and see there are so many possibilities and that you will be satisfied with bread. Because even though you're not working right now, God will open up a job for you again. Even though you don't think there's light at the end of the tunnel, God is preparing things behind the scenes for you. So my friends, wake One of our listeners shared her experience and message with us. Hi, I just want to say a few things about this podcast. This amazing podcast, Word of God with Antonio Roman, it is just so uplifting. It is what we need right now in this crazy, crazy um, times that we're living in. I know that I have been so much sadder and just depressed. And of course, you know, we all have other things that are happening in our lives. And when I'm feeling Um, these things, I tune into this podcast because it really does make a difference and it just makes my day so much better. So tune in to Word of God with Antonia Roman.
0: Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning, In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's Word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.